and welcome to the Allies of Convenience, the international competitive Warhammer 40,000 podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ray, nursing a bit of a chest infection because I spent the last four days in the middle of nowhere in Croatia at a music festival. Don't worry, you don't have to listen to my voice on this. Bonus installments. Um, as you know, on the 7th and 8th of November, we are hosting our inaugural Allies of Convenience Grand Tournament and the Rules Council Hive Mind, uh, also known as Matt Robertson and James Ramsey, have taken the time out uh, to record this. It's about half an hour uh, of them discussing their decisions on the rules pack. So this is the exclusive first look at the Allies of Convenience rules pack. Uh, we thought it would be great to give you the full transparency on all of our decisions uh, as to uh, how we put the tournament together and how we're going to be running it, uh, what formats, uh, detachments, points, games, rules packs, all that sort of stuff. Um, so hopefully you find it interesting. I don't think we've really heard uh, something like this done previously, um, speaking in, in such depth about the decisions as to why uh, we're doing this, how we're doing this, but hopefully... Um, you guys enjoy it, and we'll be back with more ETC coverage this week as well. We've got loads of stuff recorded with Mike Collins, so look out for that. But without any further ado, here is Matt Robertson and James Ramsey. Hi all, Matt here again, joined by... Jackie! That was James, for anyone who couldn't understand <laughs> that level of pitch. <laughs> uh, we're on today to talk very briefly to everybody about the upcoming Allies of Convenience GT. Woo. For anyone who doesn't know and has been list- hasn't seen the Facebook event page, we'll share it and keep pushing it on the podcast so you'll hear a lot about it soon. It's on the 7th and 8th of November at the Jubilee Centre in Warrington where all the Northern Warlords events are held. For anyone who hasn't been before, that it's... Just off the M62, it's near the M6, in between Manchester and Liverpool. Really easy to get to for anywhere in this country. And our international visitors, because unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you view it, uh, Jesse will be over with a couple of his friends from the United States. Oh dear. Yeah, it's going to get interesting, loud, American and messy. There are going to be many ferrets with bow ties running around. All the bow ties. Yep. The tickets, because I know that's what everyone's been waiting for, will be on sale September 16th at 8pm. We're going to talk through the rules pack now. The rules pack will be published before that. But we're not going to tell you how to pay until that date, that time. And then it's going to be first come, first served. There's going to be 56 spots available for a 64-player event with a couple reserved for cast members and a couple of guys coming from abroad, such as Jess and his friend, and also there's interest from a couple of Danish guys. If those spots don't go to cast members and there's a couple left, they'll be given to the first ones on the waiting list. So, that's the general info. Have you got any questions about that bit, James? Because if I've missed anything, you've probably noticed. No, I don't think so. Does the the uh, venue is really nice. It's a good venue, very uh, central, and uh, it's well maintained. And there's a bar there, isn't there? So that's good. Yeah, we're basically going to be gaming in a bar where everyone's going to have an individual table. Majority will be round six foot tables, so you have a bit of space to put your army on, a bit of space to put your drinks on. More importantly, 
it's in a big sports leisure community center kind of thing so there's a swimming pool a library a pharmacist if you're desperate uh, a little cafe for any snacks food will be provided it's going to be pie and chips on the saturday a buffet on the sunday and saturday night will be the usual trip to an all-you-can-eat chinese make sure you get there before jesse and a night out and i'll be waiting for my birthday cake yes it can be your birthday again <laughs> <laughs> the last four times we've been i think it's been james's birthday yeah so that's always interesting <laughs> so right on to the important stuff i'll let james go through this since i've been talking a lot already uh okay i'm gonna go through it really quickly um so we're gonna do 1850 uh it's six games and we're gonna have three hours per round we'd love to have more time but this doesn't fit really unfortunately having any more um time it'd be ideal to have a bit more but yeah not not possible um and we've gone for six games because we feel that even though i personally love five game tournaments because i have to come quite far and other people do as well but I think if we're having a, a big field, it is nice to have uh, that sixth game just to kind of sort out who's won and who's come second and third and blah, blah, blah. You don't have people on the same points. Uh, we're going to use the uh, ETC missions. Um, so combination of Eternal War, Maelstrom and the kill points as well. Um, I think we found they're pretty balanced, right? Yeah, out of everything I've played, like we've me and James both played Nova missions, we've both played ITC, we've played ETC and several other variations and I think these are my favourite and the most balanced and they make you think tactically about every decision you make and I find. Yeah, um, they are well publicised but and we'll provide, when we, when we put a pack up they'll be there as well, you can see them. Um, we're going to Go for a little bit different. We're going to have a limit of any three detachments or formations allowed. So you can and so a Decurion or a Warhost or any of those kind of big ones count as one slot, no matter how many little mini formations they've got in that detachment. And you're going to be able to duplicate those choices, which maybe is a little bit different because I think this is one of the first times people have been able to do this in a big event. So we're going to say because I. I don't know how you feel that, but I, I've always thought that um, it's a bit silly now that, especially things like Dakurian, you can take three destroyer cults if you want to in Dakurian. Why can't someone take three cads? I don't see much difference. And I think we've decided that there's there's not much in it anymore, and it just gives other older codexes a bit more freedom to, uh, to, to kind of go with what they want to use. Yeah, a lot of the newer ones, like Dark Eldar, for instance, you've got the Dark Eldar CAD, you've got a Real Space Raiders, which is, in essence, a CAD, or like the Blood Angels, the Flesh Terrors and the CAD. You get the same thing, really. And the only bonus you get is Obsec, which if someone wanted to take three Eldar CADs, for instance, and have 18 little units of scatter bikes, is it really any worse than having three bigger units and all the upgrades, having to pay all the tax? You get a couple of extra obsec, but there's no real game breaker there. Yeah, and um, so and allow people to change up their armies a little bit. Maybe they can put something in that they haven't been able to use. Like you know, a lot of people have been talking about you know 
wish they could have an assassin or something like that. Um, so if you want to put one of them in your army, that's good. Or like a knight, or I think, and it'll maybe just change the armies up slightly and give people something different to think about and not use their old, you know, the same old armies. Maybe they can just make a little tweak or they can go for something completely different. Um, we also saying we've formed the rule book with the allied detachments though. So they've got to be the same faction. So there'll be a different faction from the primary detachment to the one with your warlord in it. So for example, if you have an Eldar uh, combined arms as your main primary attachment, that's where your warlord's from, then you couldn't take an allied Eldar attachment. Uh, but if you had a dark Eldar, say as a CAD, as your, with your warlord's from there, you could take an Eldar CAD and an allied Eldar attachment because your primary is not from the same faction. I hope that makes sense. But uh, uh, it's kind of following the rule book there. Um, no Forge World. I think I like Forge World, but it's it's getting too confusing with all their rule problems. And I know everyone, a lot of people really love their Forge World models. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think, I just don't think we, we're prepared to deal with all the rules, arguments and rule problems. Because uh, I know from experience it's not easy to deal with yeah there's a lot of stuff with forge world which is fine is up to date and there's current rules for there's also a lot of old stuff which would require a lot of our time to get the faq sorted and then there might be little things we miss or overdo or things like that and rather than that ruin things for anyone or just mess up really we find it's cleaner and probably for the better, to leave Forge World to one side. There's enough variation, enough choice with three sources, or sorry, three detachments, and the amount of options you've got now that they're not 100% needed. Yeah, and I think we felt that, you know, the GT and Cali, they both allow Forge World, so there's still events where you can use your toys. It's just, I think, for what we wanted to go for this time, uh, we decided it was just the easiest. I mean, things like we, we don't want people to come up to, you know, games and find out this model does this, even though that's not intended, but that's how the that's how the rules work because the book is five years old. Like, you know, something like pylons or something, those those things are like a couple of years old. They don't really work. They don't really fit in the game anymore. They're written for sixth edition, and not only are they breaking seventh edition rules, but they're also breaking the new Necron rules because you know death rays are different now. So it's we're just going to go, just going to uh, leave it at that. Um, we are going to have um, some restrictions, things like no, um, so one fortification per army. Even though some armies, you know, you're going to be taking cad multiple cads of things, just having the one fortification. Um, um, Matt, what's the reason for only having one fortification? It gets messy, confusing. And we want to keep it simple. Yeah, I think nobody wants to turn up and end up playing against like three bastions in the sky shield. It's just a bit ridiculous on these boards. They're designed those those uh, you know when when someone's taking multiple fortifications, they're designed for bigger bigger games. I think bigger bigger boards. One one fortification, especially if there's two of them, one one each, that's already quite a lot of because uh, there'll be good terrain on this in this event. So we uh, we don't want to have too much uh, fortifications everywhere um, and also we're, we're allowing stronghold assault rules and their fortifications uh, but we are saying no to the AV-15 ones so like the the macro macro uh, cannon uh, building of yeah. doom and 
the big the big vortex missile thing I've, I've never seen it but yeah uh, i don't like them um and we're also saying no clusters of fortifications and so none of those big like formations of fortifications yes they're called now those um and also we're going to put a small ban on the void shield generators or the void shield upgrades uh I think we just found that they're they're okay, but they're, they're, the rules are tricky with them because they're not quite specific in how they work. And also, I personally find them difficult because not many people have got the real model for them, and so people bring their own kind of homemade version, and it doesn't really look like the real thing. And then you have to, how do you do line of sight properly if you haven't got a real model? And it becomes really really difficult um so i think we're going to we're just going to leave those um to one side yeah they're a bit too open for abuse on that one because i've seen the actual model and it's bigger than an imperial knight and i've seen most of the conversions are half the size yeah uh, i think so just just to, uh, that's just one of those things and that just one of those uh, small restrictions uh we're saying no to escalation uh again most of the stuff is actually in codexes these days but some of the stuff is just a bit, it's not a bit out there, and we're just, we're just, we're also a little bit, don't really want to have all the, uh, all the extra points and things. It just, it, again, it's, it was written for the end of sixth. It's not really, I don't, I just don't think it's going to work, um, with our events. So I, th- I think it's designed for escalation, big games, 10,000 points aside, all the big stuff, going a bit crazy, having a weekend of it, yeah. rather than individual small skirmish games. I mean, not that we don't want to stop people bringing super heavies, if you know, if they're in their codexes and things, um, but we're just saying no to those ones um, there. We also find that things like revenants and, and things can cause a bit of a, um, a sour taste when people play them, so we're, we're going to leave them. Uh, no mysterious objectives. I mean, I think most people are. I'm blocked. Some people like playing them, but I think it's just time book and bookkeeping, just keeping it simple. And um, finally, we're going to put a limit of one. One gargantuan creature per army, or super so, heavy. Yeah, uh, I think we're just we're just Jerry uh, still out on the Wraith Knight. I mean, obviously it's a very very good model, and uh, there are counters, but I think we just want to keep it again, just keep it in check, see how it goes, and it's something to change maybe for next time if we find that that's a that's something to think about. The one exception to that though would be carry on, James. The Imperial Knights. Oh yes, the Imperial Knights. Yes, um, so they can they can be taken as normal, um, no restrictions on them, uh, because obviously they have their, their codex now. So we can't really we wouldn't be able to put a ban on, on with one super heavy if we, if we didn't give a restriction uh, to them. So um, we're just saying that they can they can take their choice freely from the book. Yeah, so you can take the Imperial Knight codex, same as you could take any other codex. We just put a limit. We're Having them as no limit, another what super heavy easy gargantuans as a limit, just to keep the balance in a bit. And so you actually have the option to play the army if you've got it. Yeah, I think the the, the knights these days are not are not the be all end all of of forty k. There's there's plenty of counters for them. Um, so yeah, that's that's the event. That's the restriction. So. Hopefully looking forward to seeing what people have come up with. I'm sure there'll be loads of uh, really interesting combinations, some really broken stuff. But then yeah, at the end of the day, I'm sure there'll be lots of people bringing some nice armies as well. And hopefully people can have, with these with this 
these restrictions, they can come up with some nicely themed armors as well. Yep. One other thing people may have seen on the podcast event page, we did ask everybody what they would like to see with two source, three source. Um, there was a lot of discussion. People, some people wanted one, someone in another. So we'll just quickly go through some of that now and reply to some of it, hopefully quell some fears that we've made the right decision and not made a doo-doo. As soon as I can load yeah. the page, because my internet's really slow. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just it's a it's a it's kind of it's evolving. It so it used to be one source for many years, and then it's came like you know a couple of years ago. People thought you know how obviously sixth edition allies two source was the obvious one, and now of course seventh edition has completely thrown everything out the window, hasn't it? So, uh, but people have been hanging on to this this two source idea. For a long time, um, most events were two sourced, and so I think uh, they were they were happy with that. But I think other events have started to kind of test the waters with the three source or, or even the unlimited source and Adepticon's uh, mind, Adepticon's decision, which is you know that, that's that's what they wanted to go for. And um, the ETC has been quite uh, you know very much keeping on their two source banner. The last couple of years, but I know now there was a bit of discussion about it, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that changed. Uh, it might not, but who knows, really? But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it did move away from that. Yeah, so, looking at the results, the result ended up as 54 voted for three source, 45 for two source. Add three to both those numbers because it's actually saying pictures of three idiots and plus the number. So, 57 to 48. So it was close, and there's still a lot of split there. Yeah, and it's it's you know did, is that uh, uh, democratically yes, one side maybe maybe has just one, but is is it really uh, you know a definitive answer? No, of course not. And uh, I know people are vocal on both sides. It's like there's a few saying it's going to benefit imperial sources more, but one upside to that is if you look at tournaments recently. You're having Demons, Necrons, Eldar, kind of the top lists, not really many Imperial. And some have said, oh, the uh, Wolf Star with Librarian Conclave and Dark Angels is going to just smash everything. Whereas, as some may have seen on the podcast page, me and James went to an event and both took the same list, which was a Wolf Star with Libby's and Dark Angels. And yeah, we came first and second. It was, it was a small 18-player event, and the list is very strong. But as soon as you start playing with it, which is what I'd recommend everybody to do, if you're worried by a list, play it, and you see its weaknesses very yeah. quickly. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, just to quickly go into that little little uh, segment, you know, these people are worried about these Death Stars. These Death Stars are very, very powerful. Uh, you know, and they're like centurions can do the same thing. You can have, you know, grey knights. You can have your your um, centurions and you know, in an allied or a cad attachment, and then you can take a conclave. So you have, you know, even more crazy spellcasting. There's other big death stars, Eldar death stars. You know, all these kind of death stars. They can, everyone can do these big big units, and they all are very scary. 
on paper and you realise that, oh gosh, there's going to be a lot of points in one unit, it's going to be very tough, they're going to be very mobile. But ultimately, all these units have got that one same weakness, which is they can't be everywhere on the table at once. And most of the time, they can only control one objective at a time. And armies that can are mobile and have got, you know, ability to con- control board space that isn't where the, where, that, where the Death Star's not can do very well against these armies. But also Death Stars are not invincible. There are counters to them. You know, if you can block a key power, then often these things can go down. If now we're allowing three sources, you often have assassins can can be a bit more prevalent. And they have uh, Alexis, of course, we're talking about here. And he can shut down those psychic Death Stars pretty nicely. Knights are still quite nice counter. You know, Stomp is still something they can't really do much about. If you get stomped, you're dead. That's it. So, um, I would just, I, I personally just don't think these things are invincible. Yes, they are very good. They're very good armies, but there are lots of armies that can deal with a Death Star pretty, pretty well. Yes, I know when we were playing, I found against people, if they didn't really know what the unit was going to do, a couple were surprised how powerful it was. Then the ones who went, I know what that does, I'm just going to stay away, avoid. Because sometimes to win a mission, you don't have to kill everything. Which a couple of players did and made it really, really tough games. Yeah, and, you know, I know it's um, not every army is mobile and has got, you know, these tricks, but unfortunately, you know, we know not all not all codexes are, are equal. It's just the way of the game, unfortunately. But, you know, things like Eldar, Necrons, these books that are quite good at the moment, even like Space Marines and Gladius and things, they, they can have a lot of units and they can spread themselves out and it's not easy, and, and especially if the player is not, you know, if they're not, because things like multi, multiple um, assault, multi-assault, it's quite a difficult skill, actually. It's not, it's not easy to multi-assault a whole army if it's well-placed. It can be very difficult, actually, to multi-assault lots of things. And that's where these Death Stars do a lot of their damage, is by, you know, assaulting half your army in one go. And if, yeah, if you're all clumped up in one corner, then you will they will probably assault your whole army and kill it. But, you know, a lot of these armies can spread themselves out and get behind them and stretch them out. And once things get stretched out, yeah, it's much more difficult for that player. Yeah. And just reading down, there's some people mentioning, like, Tyranids. You could take the stupid amount of high tyrants and laugh at all these stars running around going, la 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 la, we can't kill flyers. Yeah. I mean, some, I mean, some stars are... I've got capability. Uh, you can kill a flyer, but you know, again, someone can take five, six, seven. You can take seven flyers if you want to, eighteen fifty, which is fine. If you want to take seven flyerants, you can do. But at the end of the day, seven flyerants hold no ground at all. They 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 have to land to hold any objectives. All these missions have got maelstrom points. All these missions have got objectives involved. And so they need to be able, you need to be on the ground to score those points. Uh, unless, you know, they obviously like destroy things, which they're good at. But, you know, if we're, there are plenty of counters to a lot of these, um, these Death Stars. So flyers could be a, you know, people might go to the air 
and say oh, I'm going to take you know lots of, of lots of flyers, but then people might bring lots of Skyfire, and then you know it's kind of a trying to you know it's kind of this triangle of death, people trying to catch it out. So I think it'll be quite an interesting uh, interesting way of doing it. Following down the post a bit, we've got a few posts of saying, is it just following the ETC? People don't want to do that. Nobody knows what the ETC is going to be at the moment. Yeah, we have no idea. I, I don't, I don't think even I don't, I don't know at all anything. But I've, I've, heard, I've heard the vote hasn't even started or it's only just started. So, nah, there's a lot of different things being discussed. It's everything is all up in the air, being redone yeah. from the ground up this year, really. So we've, we're trying to base things on what do people know, what we think is going to be good, and try not have too much variation from the norm because gradual change people seem to like big jumps scares yeah. people away yeah and you know we've been watching these events like at nova and there's um the itc events are very popular these events are getting still getting good numbers and three three source doesn't seem to bother anybody there they seem to have a good time everyone seems to have a laugh so um i think we wanted to take this opportunity to have a go at it um, see how it goes. You know, if we find three source is completely stupid, then of course that's something that can change for next time. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think we'll find three source dramatically changes um, any results. I think actually we'll find that we'll will start to get a bit. Maybe, maybe there will be a, a small balance. Yes, you'll probably still have you know the main four or five characters winning, uh, get, you know doing very very well. I wouldn't expect any different, but. There is the options with three sources to introduce different armies. I mean, you know, I know that uh, it's only a small thing, but somebody could take a sister's attachment, take Celestine and some priests. And at the moment, it's difficult to fit that kind of thing in. If you want to, you know, you say you're playing Imperial Guard, you take some sisters, well, then you can't take an assassin or you can't take um, the Inquisitors and things like that. So it gives you a bit more variation, I think, in these armies. Yeah, it should be good. So, to yep. briefly recap for everybody, since we know we've talked a lot and hopefully explained why and how we've made these decisions, so we've not just thrown things at a dartboard, made things up. We have put a lot of thought into this, a lot of chat. So, 1850, six games, three-hour rounds, ETC missions, which are Maelstrom Eternal War, and a slight kill point in every mission combined. Three, three detachments or formations, whatever variety you want. No allies, same as your primary. No forge world. One fortification per army. Small list of band fortifications, which will be in the pack for everybody, which will come out alongside this episode. Or maybe just after to make you listen first. Which... Everyone listening to this now will probably be too late, so never mind. Yep, uh, Imperial Knights are okay, and max of one of other gigantic creature are super heavy. Yes. That's it. That's it. Woohoo! We will see you all in November. Tickets on sale, Wednesday 16th, 8pm. There will be a post on the Facebook page. They'll post on the event Facebook page, giving everybody the PayPal address. It's going to be £32 a ticket, so get saving now. You've had warning, it's coming for a while. Now you've had the official warning. And you better be ready for Jesse. Yes. 
It's a fearsome sight to behold. Bring butt plugs to show yourself up. Otherwise, he will. <laughs> it's the polite way of saying things. Yeah. it's going. It, it'll be a very fun event for that reason alone. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and even more elusive, we may also get to have a guest appearance from Alex Ray. <gasps> oh, gosh. That would be quite a sight. Who I think... There's only one person on the podcast me has met. More people on the podcast have met the person living in America from the podcast than the person living down south. And who runs it? And who runs the podcast. (laughs) So, we'll see everybody soon.